Let me know when All you're right. ready, man. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready right now. I was just pulling up the freaking uh, podcast intro because as many times as I've said it, I still can't do it without without the paper. A script. <laughs> yeah. Manny needs a script. I mean, I need this script. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, what is up? How are you doing? It's me. I'm here with Skyfighter and the one and only Buddha Will. That's right. Hardcore casuals. Yeah, but the second the second creators who's dedicated to bringing you the very best in games, <laughs> game and all things entertainment. I think time will show you up, up, ladies and gentlemen. I could do it. I could do it. But the second that I it's I feel pressure. confident enough, yeah, then I then I lose. Then I lose it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Going live. <laughs> Going live in five, four. gentlemen what's up how are you doing it's me manny c i'm sitting here with tie fighter and the one and only special guest chronic crusader oh baby we are part of the hardcore casuals a collection of oddballs and content creators who's dedicated to bringing you the very best of games gaming and all things entertainment ladies and gentlemen welcome to the hardcore casuals lounge oh baby another week buddha Buddha's not here. Buddha's actually spending some family time. Dude, did uh, you see out. Buddha's Instagram video? It was the yes. most wholesome thing I have ever was, seen yeah. in my entire life. I saw it was that, so though. nice. Oh, guys, go to Buddha Will's crazy. Instagram and look at the video he posted of him surprising his kid before his graduation. It's, oh, man, I'm sitting there with a big old cheesy smile on my face. It was, it, it, it was lovely. It was really uh, it was really nice to see. Definitely go check that out. As a matter of fact, maybe I'll. No, I can't. I can't link it without his permission. But go, just go to his. Go to his Instagram. <laughs> it's it's really good to see. All right. Anyway, yeah, he's off. Uh, he's off going to see his uh, his son's graduation, which is mm-hmm. I believe on the West Coast somewhere. So that's a big trip for him. So mm-hmm. we wish him the very best, and uh, we'll see him on the other side, man. Absolutely. Most definitely. But we have Chronic Crusader. Thank you so much for stopping in today. Much love to oh, you. No problem, man. Uh, always, always happy to help out, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, I guess, with that said, let's. Uh, oh, 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 oh! Before we go into the games, let's uh, let's go into uh, where where can you find us? Where can you find us? Well. If you're listening to us via the podcast, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Why don't you go ahead and check out the website, thehardcorecasuals.com. You're going to see the, the the blog there that we have. There's you know, lovely articles and whatnot. Uh, oh, of course, the podcast where you see uh, different notes that we have. 
every, so every single thing that we talk about, we have uh, links and whatnot. Uh, excuse me, I just hit my mic. <laughs> For you, Grigod, go. You can are free to go in and peruse. Uh, and of course, we have uh, the Patreon, thehardcorecasuals.com slash Patreon, and Discord. Go ahead and join the community. Hop in, say hi. Uh, tell us what you loved. Be, be kind with what you hated. But either way, we, we, we love to hear from you. Uh, hop on in, say hi. That is thehardcorecasuals.com slash Discord. Oh, baby. Uh, and with that said, let's go in to what we have been playing over the week. Uh, Chronic, you're no stranger to the pot, to the to the lounge. Why don't Why don't you uh, don't tell us what have you been playing? Um, I've been back on my GTA RP kick again. Uh, on stream and off stream, I've been playing a lot of RTSs. Honestly, I'm going back to like my like middle school days when I used to play like StarCraft, Age of Empires. Uh, just having some fun with that. I've always enjoyed a good RTS. I enjoy strategy games, though. I've never been really good at the whole micro and macro thing that's involved in the strategy of those games itself. But it's always been a lot of fun. I love massing up an army and just taking over, you know, my enemies. <laughs> Sounds- I remember when I was young, the only RTS I played was uh, Age of Empires 2. Uh, and I remember that I would never play online. Like I wasn't allowed to play online. I was pretty young. My like we never had the internet for that sort of thing. And it was just yeah, okay. I'll just I I just I would just sit on on my computer and play against the PC for like hours and hours and hours. And I would always use like the the cheat codes that were associated with that game. Uh huh. Anyone that ever played it remembers like Rock On and uh, you know getting the Mustang with the rocket launchers and and yeah, uh, cheesesteak jimmies, uh, cheesesteak jimmies. That's right, man. All that, all that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I would always, you know, I'd I would always put in just tons and tons of cheat codes and and I would always be the Persians because the Persians had the war elephants and I would make just legions so of war elephants and I would just wait for my enemy to get really strong and they would start attacking me and then I would just surround them with war elephants and collapse on them. I thought that's I was funny. So- I would always play the Japanese because they had the elite samurai. And oh, nice. Yeah, they were very the, strong, too. At the time, Samurai Jack was really popular, too. <laughs> so I, was, so I, like, I always – Samurai Jack was a great show. I don't know what yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, no, I, I, I always it. do that. Yeah, and Japanese were the few that actually had um, the hand cannoneers, the guys that had the – like actually carried around mini cannons with them, and they you know shot actual cannonballs. Classic stuff, man. Classic Good stuff. I, I I picked up um the most recent of the uh, um Age of Empire games, like Age of Empire, like uh. Well, there's the remastered th- one, and then there's three. I think no, there was there was the was one is like the definitive edition or something like that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the H. Is that the second one? The HD remastered for oh, just HD version of Age of Empires two. Oh, I didn't know they made a remastered too. It's sure. not a remastered, just like an HD version. Yeah, there you go. Pretty hot. One of those. Oh, you know, I, there was also you're... Age of Mythology that was pretty dope, and you yeah. could be like the gods and have like the special like mythological creature units. Those were pretty cool. I missed out on that one. I never played that oh. one. You even had like god powers, so you could like you could like drop a lightning storm on someone or summon the krakens, and it was pretty dope. Those were some good freaking games. Good freaking games. Oh well. So you've been into you've been dip, dipping in uh in, into that pool, right? The the oh, yes, RTS. I have. All right, that's pretty damn awesome. And, uh, you also, know what? Today, dude, I got um an interesting little shout out. 
Oh, word? So, during the level up show today, apparently they did like a high school yearbook kind of thing, like they did like a voting thing. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys this little picture here real quick on uh what I was voted for. Apparently, I made the cut for a vote. And uh, yeah, here it is. There you go. I was voted most likely to not be streaming on April twentieth. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked so up for funny. a good like five ten minutes when some when one of my viewers actually sent me this screenshot when they were watching the show, and uh, I literally delayed my stream for like five to ten minutes because I was laughing so. Oh hard my god, that That's is so good. funny, dude! Right, it's That's... like the uh, it's like the Jimmy Fallon superlatives. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. That is cool. Did you get a clip? Like, did they do vods? I don't even know. Like, I don't know, you... I honestly, but I would like to get the clip of that. Yo, search search for that damn clip, bro. That's freaking that's gold. I just thought. All right, we yeah, have this picture. It was, it was great. We're gonna, <laughs> gonna we're gonna send this picture. Definitely one hundred percent. It's gonna be in the notes. Uh, beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, that's hilarious. Um, okay. So what else, what else have you been playing? Have you been doing anything else? Um, I've been playing a couple of the games that I got from PAX East, actually, too. Ooh. I made some really good friends with the guys from Three Flip Studios and made this awesome indie game called Armed and Gelatinous, which actually won Best Indie Game and Show at PAX East this oh, past really? year. Cool. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. It's a great couch game, and they're, uh, work they're still working out the bugs for the online in it, but it's great. The basis of the game is... Earth is finally at peace, and they sent all their weapons into space. Which, there are these floating blobs in space. I don't really know what the backstory is behind that, but there's these floating blobs in space that um, the crates bust open, and the guns stick to them, and they just start firing in all directions. Now, it's really cool in the sense that where the gun sticks is the only direction it fires. Like You can't move it around your blobs, so you kind of have to be strategic on where you pick up the weapons, and, and the more weapons you pick up, the bigger your blob gets, so you're, you're a bigger target. It is a great couch game. It's a great game if like you want to sit down and have people over to play in game. Uh, also, there's an online version that's uh, still being tested around. I was privileged enough to be able to help out with that. Definitely check out Armed and Gelatinous. It's, I believe it's on Steam now. It's available on Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, go check out the guys from 3Flip. They're um, some amazing dudes, probably. I chill with them the most out of anyone else at PAX East this past year. Go check them out. That sounds Word. like a ton of fun, dude. I, I love that you get bigger every time you get a... Is it, You said it, every time you get a kill? Oh, every you time get, you get a weapon. Every time, every time you, you get a weapon. Yeah, every time you like acquire a weapon, like your blob gets bigger. That's too funny, man. So it's like every time you think you have an advantage, slapped right back down. Pretty much. I think I actually have one more Steam key for that, but I'll have to find that if any of you guys are interested. Oh, well, I mean, I'm always interested. And in, uh, Yeah, they gave uh, me a couple uh, copies to give out. Oh, work. Oh, all right. We can we can talk off uh off stream. Maybe we can uh we can do a giveaway or something. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 work. All righty. Um what about you there? Oh, you know what? I'll 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 go in next cuz I didn't really play too much. Uh I'm only going to talk about one. Actually, no, I'll talk about the two. Uh I've been playing, as you know, Wildlands on permanent death, right? And the first Ugh. two weeks I talked about it, I, I it, they were messages of failure. 
right? Where I died. That was God talking to, to you, restart, right? So uh, I, I'm glad, happy to say, I'm happy to say that I have beaten the first section and I have, and I'm almost hey. done with, Yay, with one of the uh, uh, surrounding areas. I forget exactly where where we are. Um, it's a two skull territory, right? And we've been, I've been playing with my brother and my sister, and we've been playing like like a well oiled machine. You know, what I'm saying we've learned from our painful losses, and uh, this time around, I mean, I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but. We're not. Ne- we're never dying again. <laughs> oh man, the coffin. That's weird because I can swear you thought that the first time you started with permanent. I know. I swear. I, I know. I mean, look. If I if we go down again, it'll be painful, and I'll 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 give you an update. But I mean, it's really fun. It's a lot of fun playing with the stakes so high. Um, and and again, any at any moment things could go terribly wrong. And you lose everything, and it's it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing when it happens. But if you can narrowly avoid that from happening, oh my god, it's so exciting. <laughs> but, but yeah, so either way, um, I I passed my previous uh, wall uh, on Wildlands, and and we are we are plowing ahead. <clears throat> Hopefully, good news next week on the Wildlands. Uh, besides that, though, I've been playing this really, really fun game on uh, Game Pass. Is uh, Buddha mentioned it? I think last week. Uh, yeah, for the king, for the king. It's on Game Pass, and uh, it is fantastic. It's a fun RPG uh, game. I played it with Brit, actually, uh, Queen Brit, part of the Hardcore Casuals community, and. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's top-down, turn-based RPG, and I didn't realize it, but that game straight up has permadeath, bro. Like, when you die, when you die, that's it. Your character is freaking done. You that's know? your favorite. It's my favorite, bro. When when we died, we ended up dying, right? Uh, and, and I realized it was over. I was like, bro, this is the greatest game. <laughs> it is so It is so fun, right? It's uh the stakes are are pretty real. You don't want to die. Um it, you know, the only thing is that it crashes. Uh, now I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's more stable on the PC, but on the console version, it really does crash a, a fair a fair amount. Now, it does automatically save, so the loss you don't really lose so much, but man is it is it annoying, especially when you're trying to play with multiplayer and that's the whole point, you know. Get uh two two other friends get together in a party and whatnot and uh, and and play uh, through these little stories but the game is a lot of fun i would say if i were to actually rate it from the time that i played i'd give it three out of five stars right <clears throat> if they were able to fix the stability i would it would easily get you know a fourth star you know really so really technical solid issues. technical issues that's the problem the core of the game is fun uh, the, you know, the fact that you can do that type of game and your party is an actual party and there are little, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, teamwork mechanics and whatnot. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a real simple little game. I, I do recommend it. It's for, uh, for the King. It's on PC. 
And on uh, it is also on Game Pass for Xbox. So there we go. Nice, man. Uh, if it's on the Game Pass for Xbox, I mean, we don't get a lot of turn-based RTS, or not, I guess not RTS, but like we don't get a lot of those kind of games. Like, how did it feel on a controller? It felt fine. It felt fine. Um, it, it was, uh, I mean, you get a lot of leeway with the turn base. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's really just a matter like how how is the menu system. Now, there are a couple of things, at least for me, that it was not as intuitive. Like, chat had to clue me in on some things. But that's mainly me not reading what's on the screen. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like they're giving they're they're telling me what to do and how to do it. There's words on the screen. But my I just I just don't see that, right? Uh then chat has to tell me. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Thank you." Yeah. But uh but yeah. It's it, it was good. It felt good. Felt fairly intuitive uh, you know, for the average individual. But yeah. Good good times. Nice, man. All right, I'm going to dive in here. I've did a lot of different game stuff this week, so bear with me. Oh, go for uh, it. I know, right? Uh, so <laughs> two games kind of came to the forefront, and then obviously Destiny and Division stuff. But uh, on Tuesday, uh, Dauntless finally hit Xbox. So uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but Dauntless is a Monster Hunter-esque kind of light style game. Uh, it's how been described. Sorry? That's how you hear it described as like yeah. Monster Hunter Light. It actually like puts you in party systems. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you match make with other people for each like hunt. It's 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 very segmented, right? So um I, I didn't get a chance to play a whole lot because on the day of release the servers basically lit on fire. Uh and a lot, a lot of people had trouble getting in and playing the game. And I think those have since calmed down quite a bit. Uh it was just a massive influx of people all at once. And with any with any uh live service game like that it's entirely possible that that could happen it's much more likely that it will rather than it won't so i wasn't too turned off by that it just kind of felt like something that was inevitable so i'll probably check back in next week when it's a little bit uh happier but anyway the 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 loop is is very nice right so you uh you go to the little town, you talk to the different uh, people there, and they tell you, okay, these are your quests, like these are the monsters we need you to kill, and then um, you get the monster card, or they call them behemoths. Uh, you get the behemoth card, and that card tells you what the different like weapons and armor you can craft from killing this behemoth. And then your job is to go out and farm these behemoths and gather the resources necessary not only to make the weapons and armor from them, but then to upgrade those weapons and armor so that you can use them against different monsters at increasing levels of difficulty. And then you just kind of build that way because you know some monsters are elemental, and then if they're elemental, that means they're strong against their own elements and weak against other elements, and so you kind of play that, that game. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a good crafting system. There's like different augments you can put on your armor and weapons to make them stronger and um there's you know guns that you can make from each of the different monsters but these guns can have different parts that have different abilities and there's some there's some good systems there it's not quite as deep as monster hunter i know a lot of people were really turned off by the the sheer depth of monster hunter it can be a little intimidating this one doesn't strike me like that uh but again i'm i'm still pretty surface level i didn't get super duper deep into it i've only slayed about uh five or six of the behemoths 
for those who that have been playing, I have uh, beaten the Shrike, you know, the owl-looking thing, uh, and that's where I stopped. So I, I slayed everything up into the Shrike. So anyway, it's good. I'm going to try it again and get a better look at it. But so far, so good. And then uh, another thing that kind of surprised me is I was sitting around last weekend, and it would just kind of dawn on me. I was like, I really feel like playing Smite. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like playing Smite. Maybe it's because a lot of people I know have been streaming it lately because Mixer upped their like association with high res. And so people that watch streamers play Smite now get a currency for it. And so there's been a lot of streamers trying to take advantage of that. But I just figured I'd give it a shot and see how it feels. Because, I mean, I, you may not know this. I used to play Smite pretty much exclusively. Um, really? Almost, for I almost know. two years, I, I played only Smite. Uh, this was before I did mo- much of my streaming. It was the first game that I did stream. Uh, that I, I was all about that game for a long, long time. Uh, and then I kind of had to take a break after that because I kind of burned myself out. But anyway, man, it has changed a lot. Uh, a lot since I played. You know, They've added um, 60 frames per second. They've added 4K. They've added uh, tons of new gods. They've redone three of the different maps that I used to play on. Uh, all the items have been like, it feels like all the items have been changed. So I kind of have to relearn all the meta. And a lot of the gods that they've added are like really complex and like kind of hard to figure out. So I'm just playing the gods that I know how to play and it feels pretty good. So uh, anyway, yeah, it, it, it's cool. It's a, it's definitely weird going back into it for the first time in a long time. And I feel like such an idiot running around with my head cut off, but uh, you know, it feels good getting some kills, playing some games, getting some wins, not very many wins, but uh, it feels good to kind of get back in that group. And maybe I'll try it out on stream here pretty soon, but it, until then it's been kind of cool to just kind of dabble off stream and just see, uh, you know, see where it's at. And it, I got to say the game's in a really good place right now. It just feels really smooth. Um, this is one of the few console games that we have that is in 4K and in 60 frames per second. And it is also cross-play between Xbox, PC, and Switch. So that's really cool. Um, whenever PlayStation decides to get on the on the train, I'm sure they will uh, include that as well. But yeah, I'm just super happy about it right now. And then, as usual, um, Buds and I, we were doing Destiny Raids on Thursday. We're getting ready for what will be the big content drop update on June 4th. Um, that'll be a new raid that day too, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to dive into that one day one, but it's just exciting to see that kind of stuff. And then I was going to do more division raiding, but man, that raid is so hard. It's like banging my head against the wall. Uh, apparently only like a couple hundred people in the world have beaten the raid on console. And so it, uh, it's a little skewed right now. So yeah. And I, I don't know if it's a function of the raid itself being difficult or of the enemy AI being the way it's like, not the way it's supposed to be. They've kind of acknowledged that the enemies are not acting properly. Uh, they are, they are straight up Usain bolting around the arena <laughs> and like you, you can't keep up with them with your weapon. And it's just so hard nailing down enemies because they, not only do they run so fast, but they, they move really erratically, like really erratically. And I know like you, I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast, you guys know I, I wrote about the enemies in, in the Division 2 uh, a couple months ago. And how I was like, oh, like, these are great enemies. They have good AI and they flank and they do all these things left and right. Like, this feels like the right kind of difficulty, not just the bullet sponge kind. Um, we have gone far beyond that now. Uh, there, it's, it's obviously a bug because the enemies are basically like serpentining at, a, at 
you know, 30 miles an hour and you just, you just can't hit anything. And so because of that, your overall DPS and ability to stay alive is, is greatly hindered because you just spend your whole time chasing enemies and getting chased by enemies instead of carrying out what needs to be done uh, mechanic wise. And oh, it's rough. So anyway, I'm waiting for a couple fixes before we try and dive back in. But until then, I still have not gotten past the first boss of the raid. It's very frustrating. Uh, Did, did they actually say that it was bugged, you know? Yeah, they have they have acknowledged that bugs exist with the enemy AI. AI. Okay. So it it is not just me like tinfoil hatting this. It is it is a legitimate issue. Uh, because I know like when you you mentioned this last week and uh, right like basically right after recording, I I saw uh, an article saying that there was like <clears throat> a, a mass not. I don't know how how big it was, but there was definitely some type of outcry uh, uh, about the console version of of that raid, right? And that it was that it was actually too hard, but not necessarily uh, like like technically so too I, hard. If that if yeah, that makes I can sense, I can answer right? this question. Go ahead. Uh, so when the raid came out two Thursdays ago, this was uh, the day before we recorded that episode where I talked about it. Yeah, A lot of people immediately thought it was very challenging on console and less challenging than, than on PC for one very specific reason. And that's because the hitboxes on some of the objectives that you have to shoot are very, very small. And so automatically, uh, it is the, the precision required with the amount of movement required makes it much more difficult for someone with uh, thumbsticks than it is for someone using MKB. So people were asking for like, uh, you know, an example is in the first boss, he has this nice, pretty green box on his chest. And if you don't shoot the green box, it'll heal him for basically the entire amount of damage that you do to him during the damage phase. And it can, it can basically negate everything that you do if you don't shoot it. (laughs) It's not, it's not very big. It's actually pretty small. And so if you're unable to shoot this chest piece and it's not, it's tough, even even as someone who's played plenty of the division, uh, you 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 will basically not get anywhere because it'll just heal them, heal them, heal them, and you'll be stuck. And so that's an example, and I'm sure there's other examples that I have not yet seen uh, because I haven't gotten past that first part of the raid, and I'm not spoiling the other encounters. So basically, the sentiment is that yes, it is significantly harder on console, just from a just from a skill standpoint, than it is on PC. But during the state of the game this week, which is a weekly show that Massive does every Wednesday, they were pretty explicit. They're like, yeah, the AI kind of sucks right now. But like as far as like actual raid difficulty, it is exactly where we want to be for now. And so keep wow. going strong. And pe- people were super pissed about that one. But <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I honestly think that we can beat it. Like we, we, we know it needs to be done. It's just the freaking enemies running so fast and so sporadically. and doing so much damage and us not being able to hurt them back it that feels like a disadvantage that i don't want to deal with i'm happy to for the disadvantage to be my skill i'm not happy for the disadvantage to be that kind of nonsense yeah totally totally i i i 100 am with you on that but you know what this makes me excited for uh not the wildlands the what's the sequel breakpoint the breakpoint Breakpoint, freaking raids bro I'm excited. All right. Um, Anyway, let's carry on. (laughs) 
Um, I guess I guess it's time for that for that news music, huh? Let's uh let's cue that. Yeah, up. buddy, bring it. Let's cue that right up, right about now. Yeah, freaking nailed it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's the Guys, best. welcome to the news. Uh, we are recording this on May twenty fourth, Friday, and man, as far as like. Stories that pertain to things that we normally cover. This was not like a super busy week. Uh, the week was really dominated by one main story, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But it, it, I'll give it a little bit more story when we get there. But welcome to the news. Uh, this week we got uh, some cool information that uh, basically Riot Games and Tencent are potentially working on a mobile version of League of Legends. Now, we know that mobile games kind of in general are becoming significantly more popular or are already very, very popular and so why not broaden your horizons by millions of devices by making the 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 mobile version of your game and i I don't think it'll be too challenging i mean league of legends is not a a technically demanding game uh or technologically demanding game uh it's definitely made to be played on potato computers and so going on some of the architecture that the phones currently have i don't think i'll have any trouble so this is really good uh, but you know, just there's a little blurb here from Game Informer uh, Matt Cow. Basically, Reuters is reporting via multiple sources that U.S.-based Riot is working with its Chinese owners Tencent on a mobile version of the popular MOBA League of Legends. This is apparently an idea that has been kicked around for years between the two companies, uh, as Tencent aims to capitalize on the title's popularity and make further inroads into the lucrative mobile market. League of Legends is not doing as well as it used to. Nuzu industry analyst Gu Tianyi told Reuters, so Riot badly needs a new way to monetize the game, especially considering that it's Riot's only game. It is currently unknown when the title will be ready for release. And that that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, League of Legends has been out for, I mean, wow, has it has it been? 2009 is the initial release date. So it has been a decade, and they have Damn. not come out with a new game since. So That's, it would make sense that the people who have been playing it the longest may may be feeling a bit of fatigue on this one. Uh, and so why 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 cater to those people when you can just bring in a whole bunch of new people? Uh, but, I mean, I get it, right? You I mean, wanna, if you think about it, though, like League of Legends has been worldwide very popular game for a decade now more or less and that's crazy it's it's like the moba yeah i mean it's it's absolutely the world of warcraft of the moba genre uh, oh yeah most definitely and you have countries and these teams that like built they you have teams that like pick players from all over the world and make these elite gaming groups that have coaches even right there with them like I've I've actually watched the LCS a couple of times, and it's intense. Like they play like in front of a huge crowd that's sitting there cheering them on. Like it's incredible watching League of Legends like go from a PC game that just came out of nowhere virtually to a worldwide phenomenon that like actually has big money prize pools. Oh, millions, millions yeah. of dollars, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more a little bit later, but. Uh, yeah, for now it's, it's cool to, I I guess it's cool to see that they're doing new things. Um, I'm definitely in the market for what will be potentially a nice phone upgrade and I want to have lots of space on it because there's so many games that are now going to be mobile available and I want to be able to play some of them. And I'd be definitely pretty cool to be able to, you know, play league on my phone. And then, you know, with Xbox coming out with the cloud here pretty soon or X cloud, being able to play Xbox games on my phone, like the dream, that would be really nice. So we'll see. Now, uh, Uh, anyway, 
Oh, yeah. I was I was just gonna uh, say because Chronic mentioned before we hit record a, a couple a couple of things about the uh, League of Legend. Uh, what what were you saying before uh, Chronic? Oh, uh, they pretty much um I've when I back when I played League probably like twenty fourteen twenty fifteen area. Um, I was playing with people and they would apologize for like a bad playing game. Since sorry, I'm playing on my phone. And I was like, how are you playing League of Legends on your phone? And they said, oh, I uh, did this, this, and this. And I didn't really look too much into it because I didn't really want to try doing League of Legends on my phone at the time because I didn't think I had a phone that was good enough to play it because smartphones were still... I mean, they were relatively new at the time still. And I didn't want to dabble into it and, you know, fry my phone. But I looked it up a little bit. Apparently, they pretty much used a program to pretty much restream the game to their phone. They created like a mirror image of it. And it was pretty neat the way it's done. And they actually have a pretty unique interface for it too that actually gives you all the buttons you need to do everything on the small screen. So that, Dude, yeah, it that's, looks, looks super clean. Yeah, there was a video. Um, we'll probably uh, toss it in on, on the notes uh, as well on the hardcorecasuals.com. Uh, it's pretty impressive actually. So, uh, so that does speak to the fact that there is demand right people want yes. to have access to this game and the phones nowadays bro like this next gen of phones i mean come on now they could run this game two times over and uh, these easy phones are, are crazy yeah. you know so anyway yeah that was up i did not know realize people were were doing that so that was pretty interesting yeah absolutely so we'll see um like i said no no release date hopefully not too long i know people are Itching for the the ability to play in more places, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, this is this is kind of the big story I talked about, and I was talking to the boys. I saw this break, um, like right when it happened. Like I, I don't know, it popped up on my Twitter or YouTube or something or whatever, and like I realized, like, oh, well, that, that's kind of interesting. And then it was just like, oh, never mind. Like I just I don't follow this person at all. I don't follow this scene at all and i was just like ah okay this is fine and then it ended up and then ended up kind of dominating the news cycle for the entire week so we figured we should talk about it and kind of tell you guys what's going on uh we have the original article i think this may have actually been what i saw uh from hollywood yeah. reporter esports pro sues gaming organization phase clan over a quote oppressive contract uh and it is a nice long article that basically outlines uh the fact that the influencer Fortnite streamer phase clan esports player extraordinaire Tifu, who normally sits really close to or at the top of the Fortnite directory on Twitch, many tens of thousands of viewers all the time, uh, big contracts uh, with his esports team and such. He's actually suing his own group, phase clan, over what he feels is an oppressive contract that uh, takes away his freedoms as an individual. Uh, and it has turned into a whole scene, man. Um, you know, citing issues of him not being allowed to pursue deals with any other uh, sponsors, his, you know, the 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 company taking you know very large percentages of his income for uh, promoted YouTube videos or uh, appearances at um, you know whether it be uh, conferences or, or events for Phase. Uh, he just feels like he's being um, cut short in a lot of different ways. And so he's suing the company over you know, lots of different things at once. I definitely recommend everyone follow up with this Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, and then 
it turns out you know, the, as, as the week progressed, it got more and more interesting because the owner of FaZe Clan, uh, who goes by Banks, responded pretty uh, aggressively, uh, you know, talking about how nonsense that was and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've never done any of this. This is ridiculous. And then uh, it, it ended up following up with the actual contract itself getting leaked to the public. And so people are able to actually see what the contract was. And the contract was pretty word for word, exactly what Tifu had said it was, but then it was phases stance that they actually hadn't like, uh, enforced a lot of the, the percentages that were laid out over the contract, but they could have at any time if they had decided to, and it just got super duper convoluted. And I, I, I assume that it's only going to continue to get more convoluted from here. Uh, but there are some really good coverage of this. If you are interested in esports, if you're interested in Fortnite, if you're interested in Tifu, if you're interested in FaZe Clan, this absolutely applies to you. Uh, I, I would expect if you follow any of those things, you would have probably heard a lot about this already. But anyway, this is this is our look at it from 10,000 feet, having not followed esports or Tifu or Fortnite very much for <laughs> a long, long time. But anyway, right. it just, this dominated my news feed this week, so we figured we absolutely needed to talk about it uh chronic did you did you get a, a a chance to look at what was what the hell is going on with this whole tfu Fortnite phase claim honestly thing? yeah I'm, I'm with ty on this one i don't follow Fortnite. i'm not a Fortnite player i don't have it installed anywhere um so this is all like news to me because you typically when people talk about Fortnite, all i hear about is ninja right sure yeah he he's the new dude tfu is the new dude He's the new ninja. He's the new ninja. I mean, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. definitely agree that Ninja himself has has kind of lost the the unstoppable momentum that he had a year ago. That's right. for sure. Uh, but Tifu is has always kind of been right up there. I think Tifu may actually have more subscribers on Twitch, uh, and you know some of the deals that he's running are also super financially viable. I don't know exactly who's like air quotes winning right now, but. Uh, they, they they would be considered you know absolutely comparable within the Twitch space. Maybe not as nationally known because Ninja did a really good job of like appearing on Jimmy Fallon and and being a part of the New Year's Eve thing. And he's been very like visible. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's been quite the same. But within the Fortnite community, he may be much larger. Right, I got that too. Like I have I like I saw Ninja in the Super Bowl commercial this past year too, and yeah, he was there. Like he was only in there for a brief moment at the beginning, but still, like Ninja was in the presence of all those NFL legends, and it's just because to show you that esports is teetering into that you know category of a actual professional sport. Like it's getting that recognition now. It's definitely a marketing bonanza, that's for freaking sure. Um, but again, yeah, but as far as more... the article itself, like it, yeah. uh, it it kind of blew my mind. Like I always thought that you know these esport athletes made like huge money and they were just breaking it in you know hand over fist because theoretically they're their own business i didn't think about you know these streamers or just gamers in general that would sign contracts to a team and be royally screwed over like this see so so that's the thing i think as as, as a matter of law it's interesting all right because first he signed up he, he didn't he didn't know what was going on as far as what Tifu was saying. He didn't really know what was going on. And the guy's young, you know, he's 21 years old now. And he's probably taking a look at what he actually signed. Right. And he said taking up to 80%. And it's true. 
he's absolutely correct. Like legally, they can take up to 80%, which is freaking crazy. It's robbery. It's literal robbery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is what they have. They have, uh, the, the, and I'm sure he's not alone, but like FaZe Clan has, can take up to 80% of the income. Now, the fact that they have not done that that doesn't mean anything. It's still a freaking terrible damn, you know, contract. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but the, the, but so that is pretty black and white, right? Uh, it kind of got muddied because he it became a drama thing. It became like a YouTube drama thing where he was losing subscribers and everything over over said drama, and uh, he because he moved into other accusations, uh, like. Oh, they're they they pressured me to to drink, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They they made me do stunts, right? So like kind of frivolous, silly things that really had no place in in this very black and white contra- contractual disagreement. At that point, it, it was just a smear campaign. Well, yeah, it it, it and that stuff, the personal stuff, is what people were really talking about back and forth, right? The gossip side of it. And on that side, I mean, it was a little bit silly. You know, uh, uh, Tifu, you know, you, you're, you're, you're freaking 21 years old. Nobody, nobody forced you to drink, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just silliness. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna counter you here, playing devil's advocate. Go so ahead, go ahead. Uh, you you come in, and when Tifu starts his streaming career, he's what 17, 18 years old. Right. And uh, when he initially signs with Phase, he was significantly further down in the the Fortnite uh, directory. He's obviously a, he was he was obviously a good player because he's always been a a very good Fortnite player. That's one of the reasons he was picked up in the first place was his skill, not because he was the right. best. Uh, a streamer but because he was one of the best players okay so he gets picked up and maybe he is is virtually unknown and so phase lays out this contract that that has to give the organization some strong leeway because they're investing a lot in him and he could potentially pay out zero right he could potentially not lay out you know he could potentially not bring in anything because it's it's basically a bet right uh, and so they have to cover themselves by basically taking a lot of the money that he's bringing in because he may potentially bring in very little. So there's that. I And, and I get that. Uh, that may have been why it was so skewed in the beginning. Now, uh, obviously, that's not super fair, especially with the numbers that they ended up choosing for uh, uh, the contract. Not super happy about 80%. I think that's ridiculous. Whether or not they enforced it, I will never know. But... It was definitely something that absolutely should have been renegotiated very, very quickly, considering how much he exploded on the Twitch world, right? So he went from, you know, being a mid-tier, low-tier streamer to being, um, you know, one of the top 10 most subscribed channels on Twitch, making uh, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month just on uh, sub-revenue. And so, you know, that would absolutely need to be renegotiated. Now, it was stated by FaZe that they offered him renegotiations multiple times throughout the last year, and nothing was ever, like, truly agreed upon. So that argument can be made back and forth as to whether it's their fault that he decided not to follow up on those terms or not. As for the uh, uh, drinking and partying and stuff like that, uh, I think you're kind of taking the the parents' stat uh, uh, stance on this one. 
because uh, you know with phase clan you basically like they want you to move into the phase house and spend time with the phase people and be part of the phase culture because you know phase is like a big party like that's that's what it is and we're a bunch of dudes and we have so much fun and we're all badass at the games that we play but then we go hard and we you know all, and it's a it's a it's a it's a world right it's a Sounds culture like a frat and, about anything yeah, yeah i mean that's yeah, actually yeah. not a really horrible comparison and so you're a 17, 18 year old guy and you jump into a house full of other 17, 18, 19, 20 year old guys and they, they put a bottle of booze in front of you. What the heck are you going to do? Like, Oh no, I don't think that's a good responsible idea. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're going to, you're, you're right. going to go with the flow because these are the guys that are going to be paying you a lot of money and giving you the exposure that you want in order to make your dream come true. So, I mean, we can, we can say all we want, like, oh, he should just say no to the booze. But, like, I would expect peer pressure plays a huge role in this. And absolutely, he felt like he, he quote, unquote, had to do these things uh, in order to stay relevant within that organization. So I, uh, uh, I do believe, though, that those things have been dropped since yes. this all came yes. out. Yes. So he's he, not suing them for those anymore. Right. He, he, he but, but that that triggered a whole drama thing and uh, and sparked uh, like a lot of a lot of people just like drop uh, canceling his uh, uh, subscriptions or whatnot right his numbers have dropped over said drama over that you know uh he did i understand what you're saying and i'm 100% believe it happened although yes the bottom line of that whole situation is he could have said no, right? But you're young. You're there's there's you know whatever. There's all temptations going around. You're gonna make dumb decisions. It's just you, you know you feel socially pressured to do certain things. It may not. That I'm sure that happened. I you know I I know it happened, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it, 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 they're uh, they're not necessarily uh, legally liable for that, right? But again, he dropped all of that. That's the that was the drama aspect of it. the The contract part, it's it's pretty crazy. Now I don't, I I didn't really look into this. I know there's California law, uh, about about uh, talent pools, right? And there's certain there's like uh, there's an agency if, when you are an agency and you're and you are looking for talent. There's certain legal uh, guidelines that you have to abide by uh one of the cases is or the what the what what tifu is saying is essentially that in esports and in esports in in general but uh, but uh with with the phase clan in particular they are acting as an unregulated talent uh agency and within california that's that's has a whole other set of legal implications. So this is bigger than just Tifu and FaZe Clan. You know what I'm saying? This could affect how how esports gets their their talent in the future, at the very least in California. You know. So I mean, look, I, this was a little uh, again. I was with you. When you first sent it up, I was like, ah, you know, whatever. But it kind of blew up, and it's it's probably yep. going to continue in the next couple of weeks or so, at the very least. Especially yeah, I mean, if we'll California regulation we're gonna see, gets, gets We're going to see more from him. Uh, I heard I heard whispers that he already wants to start his own esports organization, which kind of seems like a big middle finger to guys that, you know, gave him his shot. 
I, I, I'm also sure that this will end up sparking more other players to also relook at their contracts and, and oh, yeah. potentially make some moves on that. So this is a, this is a very interesting time for that scene. I'm curious to see what a month does to it. Right. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, what else do we got oh, well. on the, on the, uh, on the ballot? Uh, well, speaking of uh, esports, our good friend Apex Legends, Manny and Chronic, it did not have such a good month. <laughs> According to US Gamer, and I don't think I need to go into too much detail on this one, but basically what we're saying is 75% of the people who were playing, or sorry, 75% of the money that was spent on Apex Legends in its first month has been lost. So according to Superdata, uh, Apex Legends made $24 million in the month of April, which is nothing to shrug at. But considering it made $92 million in February, uh, that's actually a huge, huge drop-off. And we had a conversation in Discord about this a while ago, but this is exactly what you'd expect from a game that has, you know, it's a great game. And it did a really good job of making a, a fun and accessible BR, and they've done nothing with it in the last three months. They've added, uh, what is it, one legend, and then some cosmetics that, uh, I mean, none of us really felt like were super meaningful uh and game changing yeah and so um you know this is a this is this is a game going up against the behemoths of the live service genre and they've had very little meaningful content additions and that's not to say that it's a bad game like i said uh, it's it's very very good but any of us who play a game for any period of time will eventually run out of steam when nothing is added and it, it doesn't speak to the quality of the game but it does speak to my experience with it over time right you get bored and that's fine and you want to move on to other stuff and that's fine uh but if apex wants to continue to stay relevant they need to give us a reason so well i fully agree with that too like apex legends came out of nowhere no one saw it coming it just was out there and it was good and you know the titan-esque fall mechanics because it was made by respawn and i didn't just the overall feel of the game, it felt like a breath of fresh air in the BR in the way we see BRs and play them. Mm -hmm. As you see that a couple of other battle royal games have adapted some of the apex legends things, like being able to bring a teammate back after they die. Like yeah. other ones have incorporated that into it because yeah, of absolutely. Apex it, I mean, success. it sets the bar for Fortnite to come and, and meet up with them. Yeah. So like, again, it like gassed up Fortnite again to revamp what they do. Uh, even in call of duty blackout, like they added that feature to that and they're one of their new game modes they added to it. But again, it's their Apex caused those two battle royal games to add on to it. While Apex hasn't done anything else with it. Like when it first came out I heard rumors they were gonna add a Titan mode to it, which I thought would be incredible. That'd be awesome. Like each of these legends has their own custom Titan and you can use their own unique titan to do a, a different style of br in the game itself. Ooh, that would be a huge change. Right? I mean, that would have been amazing. That would have been an amazing mode to add. And I thought that would have been again like another breath of fresh air to it like these other BR, like I said like Blackout's new asylum mode. I believe it not asylum, uh, Alcatraz. Alcatraz mode. It's on a small island. It's a way smaller map. And oh, cool. up until like the last like for five circles, I want to say, your teammates are able to spawn back in if as long as one of them is still alive. Oh, nice. So again, that's like you see how Apex affected that mode because of their ability to bring your teammates back after they die by collecting their beacons. 
Um, and they just haven't done anything new with it. Like you said, the Battle Pass, I, I was one of the people that bought the Battle Pass when it came out because I was like, oh, I'm going to be playing this one. I really enjoy this game. Um, the one, you know, legend that came out, Octane, is a lot of fun. He's fun to play. He's uh, has his own unique abilities. But as far as, like, weapon skins and everything else, like, it just didn't feel like it really jumped off the page for me. Or even the character skins. There's a couple really cool ones, but that's it. There's just a few cool ones, and the Battle Pass ones and the new skins are very, very lackluster. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think the player skins have always been a tough sell for me in a first-person shooter. Uh, even though you can do like the the executions and you can kind of see your character before and after, and of course the enemies can see you, but like it's way different selling skins for a first person than it is for something like Fortnite where you're looking at it all the time and you can kind of bask in your own glory. So that that was tough, and so they needed they needed to to find a way to really set themselves apart. And whether whether it's with new legends that are going to be coming in or new maps, like they something something's got to be added. And I definitely appreciate the other side of this coin that. They don't want to push their developers too hard. They don't have a team that's the size of Epics, and uh, you know that is something I absolutely respect and I'm okay with. But uh, I don't know if the the ratio of work that is capable of being done at, at Respawn versus that at Epic is the same as the ratio of content that we have gotten from Respawn versus that of Epic. If so. if that's the stance that they're going to take from here on out, right? Sure, it's good for work-life balance and all like that you know but the reality is that they will never be able if that's the case if they don't change right they will never be able to to update fast enough to maintain relevancy and they will die the game will die right it's amazing now now when apex first came out it came out as far as a marketing goes uh, like really it was a stroke of freaking genius and and it was it went from absolutely nothing to something everybody was talking about some something everybody w- jumped into to to at least try right uh but they my didn't... question is go ahead my question is if it if you say if, if nothing changes the game dies and I, I'm not a huge fan of that word but I, I see what you're saying here so if the game if the game dies and, and the the player base the majority of the player base leaves and goes on to something else would would you would you consider this game a failure I don't I, I don't think I I would could call it a failure I think it would be a, an, a very interesting textbook uh, study case you know oh yeah that's that's i like that it was it was such a success as far as how it came to market right how they were able to maintain the secrecy of it alone is amazing uh and they they had the game it was like the way they marketed again uh it was it was brilliant but they had they didn't the, the pace of updates just was not there and they say that's purposeful that's fine that's all well and good but every single thing or innovation that you came up with has already copied (laughs) you know what i'm saying and i mean maybe maybe that just goes to say uh the state of of uh of this of this of gaming in general or even in this this free to play not uh, yeah the free to play games as a service type type genre 
You know, like you have to be on top of it. You have to be con- consistently, you know, m- moving on to the next to the next iteration. You know, and right now Fortnite is just doing that part better. You know, they completely yeah, change every every six months. The game is freaking totally different. You know, yeah. So, I mean, so I, right- I remember I I, I logged ahead. in just to I logged into Twitch just to see like you know what is Fortnite currently like because I'm not I'm not going to go in and play it. I have no desire to play it, but I'm always curious to see what it looks like. Man, dude, saying it's a totally different game, it is 100% a totally different game. It's totally you different. You see, you see all the lights and sounds. You see all the different weapons. You see the freaking hamster balls everywhere. Crazy. Like just, <laughs> the the entire method of playing that game has changed completely. Uh, it's, it's really, really impressive. So, I mean, you could you could make the argument that like Respawn may be releasing content at a very normal rate, uh, but when we have that up against something like Fortnite, who can basically turn their game over brand new every three months. That's yeah, that's tough. Well, well, yeah. Uh, well, they're in a very unique position, right? They're, because they have a little bit more organically built up their audience over over a longer period of time. They have workers, you know, developers and whatnot that fully understand. They're in. They 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 uh, created the uh, their Game Pass model. Uh, this is not the Game Pass. Um, but you, you you know you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, battle Pass. Their Battle Pass model is very very uh, very good. You know, I, to, to my understanding, it was it was a pretty novel take uh, to you know pr- uh, reinforcing uh, playing and repeating playing with different uh, challenges and whatnot. Like they did, they hit every single checkbox <laughs> you know what i'm saying as far as to to garner repeated uh repeatability or replayability i don't know uh yeah. right now they're they they have unlimited money basically right now fortnite has unlimited money and they could just throw money at any problem and and developers will you know create the solutions yeah, I mean, between between fortnite and the epic game store and the consistent and redonkulous amount of money that may, they make via the unreal engine and all the developers that use it yeah you're 100 percent right they are made of money in every sense of the word so They're just a studio I mean, that they are already i mean it's just they were before right. all that i mean they had they have the whole gears of war series before that and they have their experienced multiplayer you know based company yeah, when did they stop making gears? Uh, they haven't stopped. Well, no, no, no. They they are no longer in charge of of gears. I think uh, yeah. the fourth one. No, no, no. The third one. I think they stopped. The fourth one was was uh, Microsoft owned. Okay, so I they, think I think they stopped so they the, with, the, with the trilogy. Yeah, Microsoft I don't think owns they, the I don't, IP. I think Microsoft owns the IP. Yep. Yeah, I think they did the first three. And then the fourth one was the new studio. I forget. It's like the three four three equivalent. Uh, yeah, I, but I don't know what what they call it. I forgot. But 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 I mean, either way, like Fortnite is its own behemoth. Apex was a success as far as how it came to be, but they 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 faltered now like they made millions they, they you know they had to have made a profit so no it's technically not a failure and even if they do if the game does die 
Uh, I don't think it would be a failure, but I think it would be a great. Uh, they would have failed to get the what, what, what the, their potential. They would have failed to reach their potential. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the game itself isn't a failure, and there's lots of of things to to learn from as far as what to do, but also a couple lessons as far as what not to do, uh, at least so far. Yeah, right. It's just like, you know, this is exactly how you're supposed to do your lunch. This is exactly how you're not supposed to do everything after lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty, pretty much. And you know what's funny? Freaking PUBG, man, just doing its thing, bro. Freaking just doing its thing. I think PUBG at this point is is out of the out of the fray of of they have their audience. They're they're still a solid game. They're complete a completely different experience from the other types of of uh, battle royale games, and they're just continuing to do their 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 thing. I don't so, know. I feel like PUBG is has they did a good job of making a good game that there's a very clear group of people that enjoy playing. But I don't I don't believe PUBG has has done it with the innovation that any of the other games have no I mean, but we've at gotten, this point we've gotten at this a point, couple new maps for them and yeah. some new guns but like i don't the gameplay I, loop in PUBG is exactly the same i don't think that they actually have to like they their experience itself is just different if you want to do a battle royale that's a that's a little bit slower pace than than like the fortnites or the apexes a little bit more realistic like that has a whole appeal in and of itself like they wouldn't have to change too much. Yes, they need to to innovate, but they already made their money. They cashed their checks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, I got to say and, as of as of May uh 20th, so 4 days ago, I'm looking at Steam charts right now. As of May 20th, there are still over 700,000 people playing this game on Steam alone, which is yeah. massive amounts of people <laughs> they're doing like like they have a, a whole a, a separate set of appeal now if anything i would venture to say that fortnite uh the popularity of fortnite and even apex made PUBG better i would venture to say that because the the, the, well, the type of player that you have or they're just more more, more tactically minded or whatnot you know what i'm saying uh, uh so yeah, but how many people are playing Apex and then saying, you know what I really want to do right now? I want to go play PUBG instead. I don't know, man. That I just don't see that. Like graphically and like technic technically, I think I think PUBG is a huge step down from Apex. Even if you're even if you're tired of Apex, like the loop is not like holistically different in PUBG, but it's a huge step down graphically, frame rate wise, like precision wise. I, I think Apex is just it, it is a better made game. And I mean that's okay. But like I, uh, I don't know. We ha- and we haven't seen any major updates from PUBG in like a hot minute either. In a so. minute, yeah. But there's but the fact that like the, 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 the I, I I contest that they don't necessarily have to at this point. They their their gameplay is is unique, uh, especially in comparison of other offerings in the battle royale space. You know, it's a little bit more like a tactical, a little more realistic, a slower pace, right? Uh, that there's going to be people that want that, you know, there, there hasn't been anybody to actually replace that, that style, that tactical type of style, uh, battle, uh, battlefield isn't that 
They could have. I they could have. They could have freaking knocked it out of the park. Oh, dude, uh, Battlefield Firestorms could have been so cool. I had such cool ideas for that game and ended up just being another Battle Royale. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's a problem. They just want it to be another Battle Royale instead of being the Battlefield Royale, which yeah. would have been and freaking then, amazing. Oh, 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 I could go off on such a huge tangent right here. I'm going to not, but like, <laughs> I was disappointed in Firestorm yeah. big time. Yeah. Uh, the same with the same with freaking um, the Black Ops. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it, it's a it's a it's a much more uh, fluid PUBG experience, but it's just a PUBG experience. That's it. They could have done more. Yeah, they have some zombies in, in there, whatever. Fine, whatever. But it's not. Yeah, but there nothing... was a there was a pretty significant fall off from Blackout before Apex arrived, wasn't there? Like, yeah. I never played Blackout. I don't. I don't know the nuance of like what made that game popular or eventually not popular. But people like got upset with that game after a while. What What was wrong with Blackout that made people leave? Personally, I, think I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Honestly, I had a yeah. really good time with it. I actually That's competed good. in Mixer's Blackout tournament. Oh, tight. Yeah, it made it to the semifinals too. It, was, it wasn't bad. I That's I think bad. it's just more of the same. I think it, yes, it's 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 uh, smoother, faster, right? B- better shooting mechanics and whatnot. But it didn't innovate at all, really. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, it's a fun game. The battle royale mode is fun. Like you, in most games, you you put that mode in there. It's going to be fun. It doesn't have legs to stand up, you know. And freaking PUBG has it, still has it, man. Still doing their thing, but you know, whatever. Well, we need to move on. All I'm saying is, <laughs> we ended up going I, way deeper on this topic than I expected. But me too, me that too. Is, that is okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is all right. Uh, okay, well, we got more updates on what will could be potentially the PlayStation Five. Uh, well, actually, it is. Um, there was a video shown at a conference that someone kind of snagged a video of the video and we were got to kind of see what the PlayStation five looks like in real time. And they were playing Spider-Man on the PlayStation five versus Spider-Man on the PlayStation four. And and they were able to show pretty vast improvements to load times, to the ability to move quickly through the world. So because of, uh, increases in, uh, the ability to render the world, uh, that was one of the things that were like physically keeping you from being able to move quicker in Spider-Man is that you, the world simply couldn't load fast enough. So that's it kind of gated how quickly you can move. Uh, but yeah, full steam ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that they've already announced that there's going to be backwards compatibility, p- compatibility with PlayStation 4. So that's really good. That's uh, really good. Re- it's crazy good, yeah. Um, strong CPUs and GPUs, and then they what they've been really advertising is is the uh, the solid state drive that this is going to be based on, and that's right. that's really where the speed of this is going to come from. Uh, once again, they they talked about 8K uh, being native to some games on this. I think 8K is a huge waste of time and breath, seeing as there's like eight people in the world that have an 8K TV, uh, and many who are still saving up for their 4K TV. So I think 8K is kind of a dumb place to put resources but oh well but anyway it's it's still coming we, we won't see it at e3 because we won't see playstation at e3 uh but i'm sure plenty of people will be talking about it and uh interested to see what it looks like when it comes out yeah i'm they've, they've been super freaking open 
uh, about what's going on with PlayStation Five, right? There's like no secrets, basically. We we well, don't know we don't know the cost, and we yeah. don't know exactly when it's going to drop. But I think they wanted to. I think they wanted to beat Microsoft to the news because they knew. I, I like I I have like a ninety five percent certainty we're going to see new hardware from Microsoft at E three this year, and so. If we're going to see Microsoft showing off their new hardware, I'm sure PlayStation didn't want theirs to be a response to it. I think you're right. So I think you're absolutely I mean, right. Now, that's why this is already in our minds. And now we're now we're going to look at this and now we're going to make all the comparisons. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, well, Xbox doesn't have 8K. Boop, 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 boop. So we'll see. Uh, but for now, it's cool that it's there. It's cool that they've figured out you know, loading screens. And it's cool that they have already announced that there's going to be strict PlayStation 4 backwards compatibility. Uh, I think they definitely wrote off how valuable that was for people. And then they saw that be like a main marketing push for, for Xbox and how much people loved that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you learn, hopefully. There's I also think, the talk uh, of this being the, the last generation of consoles as well. I mean, they said that about this generation. Right. Uh, we, I, I've heard that statement many times. Um, one theory I've heard is that like this may be the end of like iterations, or I shouldn't say iterations, but um, like from here on out, like there will continue to be PlayStation, there will be continue to be Xboxes, but this may be the end of of backwards being a thing. Uh, It'll just be more and more like computers because there's no such thing as generations of computers, right? It's just there's a computer and they get stronger. And so if I want to play a game on my computer, uh, I can play it on a crappier computer and have a, you know, have an experience with this game and be able to see the story and experiencing it in 1080, 30 frames per second. And then someone can come in with their absolute beef of a computer and play the same game in 4K and 60 frames a second or 100 frames per second or whatever. Uh, but that doesn't stop me from playing that game on one versus the other. And so, you know, if I wanted to play Halo on my Xbox, I can play it uh, on on the Xbox, you know, two or whatever. But then I can also play it on the Xbox One. But it's just a decreased experience on the Xbox One. That's that's kind of the the future that right. people are seeing is that there's the, like backwards compatibility is no longer going to be a question. It's just because like different quote unquote generations are just going to be more like upgrades uh, than they are completely different platforms. Yeah. And that's a good, that's, I think it's a good place for, for consoles to move towards, especially uh, very consumer friendly with the backwards compatibility. That's for sure. Um, Because that's going to be a thing. And Xbox has already, has already said that's a thing, right? All future games will be backwards compatible on the Microsoft platform. So, so that's awesome. You know, uh, if I pick picking up a PS five, being able to pick up some, some like, you know, some of the games that I, my heart has been longing for, you know what I'm saying? Like I would love to play some God of War. I'd love to play some freaking Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like there's mm-hmm. plenty of games. I really would be interested in, in, in playing. So that, that backwards compatibility means a lot uh ak i think i disagree with you ak is silly now ak is is going to be a real big deal in the future so they're future proofing themselves a little bit you know i'm getting tired of all this higher and higher definition stuff honestly but well, yeah i don't i don't at what don't point think... do we stop seeing in you know higher quality at what point are we, when are we going to reach that limit to where like 
there was no longer a 8k or a next like 12k or you know 24k like what is an end honestly I i think we're actually already there right so like, I mean, if you, when you look at the uh, Apple or whatnot, they don't go with what numbers. They say, oh, it's a retina display. It's like, it's so good that your eyes can't really tell the difference. And that's what they've been rolling with. And they've, they've made improvements, but still, it's just it's just a damn good screen. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And I think we're pretty much there. AK is cool, but that's why they're talking more about, look at these damn speeds. You know what I'm saying? Look at the load times. That's... This is going to be the hotness for for your your gaming computations and whatnot and what you can see on the screen at one time. You know, that's going to be more of a difference moving forward. I mean, I know that 8K is like a big selling point, and I know that like from a marketing standpoint, I'm sure that their return on investment is much higher when they advertise resolution over mm-hmm. other factors like like frame rate. But, I mean, wouldn't it be such a better console if you can come in and say, remember all that 4K you got on the PlayStation 4 Pro? Well, now it's all in 60 frames per second, and it looks 10 times better than it did before. Uh, Because getting 4K in 60 frames per second is freaking hard on a PC. Uh, if, if, If I were to go buy a computer that had the parts necessary to run 4K 60 frames, you're talking dual GPUs of the highest quality which puts you in 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 you know, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar range for a good PC, you know, especially including the monitors that are required to get there. And if you're going to sell me a five hundred dollar box that can do that, you've just given me the best deal in all of gaming, like the best. Yeah. And, but instead, they're going with eight K, which is something that a small, small, small fraction, a fraction of a fraction of people have the capability of seeing. Where if I have a four K TV that I bought for playing xbox on almost every tv that is at this resolution supports 60 frames per second so if you were to come out and say that like that tv that you have is now going to provide you a better experience without having to go buy a new one like that's huge huge oh that would have been so much better for your you know me than 8k because now now they're telling me like this xbox is so powerful that your tv is now a piece of shit it's like well crap (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, to- I I totally agree with you on, on that. It's definitely more marketing than anything else. That's for freaking certain, you know. But uh, but it looks anyway. like it's going to be a beast anyway, man, you know, super fast or whatever. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, so. I'd like to see Hopefully it running. So. We'll see at the Xbox conference when I go there in a couple of weeks, and then I can oh, baby. laugh in green when it comes out. <laughs> it's even better. It's going to be great. Uh, speaking of PlayStation, though, we got another little tidbit from them. Uh, PlayStation has opened up their own film studio, uh, both TV and movies, that they're looking to make uh, a film based on their own IPs, which is both good and bad. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Because, like, yeah, potentiality for some of these, like, big things to turn into movies or TV shows, things like The Last of Us, things like uh, uh, more, I guess I can't make Spider-Man because Marvel owns that. But, like, God of War, that kind of stuff. Like, that potentially could be very cool. But, like, I worry that this studio is going to come out and they're going to be like, welcome to our Ratchet and Clank animated kids show. And it's just... (laughs) (laughs) I have such a bad taste in my mouth about movie-based... Yeah, movie-based video. Oh, yeah, we all do. Like, well, well, actually, both both ways of the spectrum right there. Video game-based movies and movie-based video games, none of them ever really work too well. 
I mean, I've been trying to think of, you know, did anyone really knock it out of the park? I mean, I know The Rock, like, totally killed it in Doom. Like, we can all agree on that one. Yeah, but uh, that was but... Doom, though. <laughs> I know. It was it all... was... And, and that, again, was, was not a very, you know, well-done movie. It had some really cool parts to it, like the whole ending to that movie with the first person. It was, oh, it was yeah, cool. Yeah, the first person was great in that shit. Yeah. It was great. But, like, again, like, there's never been, like, a very solid, you know, movie that's based off a video game yeah and i think that a lot of that has to do with how you're experiencing video games and how that's so hard to translate to something that's passive versus active yeah because you experience the video game you're there you're part of the story more or less yeah and when you're watching a movie you're just watching it which is kind of like why i'm happy and upset there's never been a halo movie because i've been such a big halo fan since i was a teenager and Always want I mean, to we like, are getting the Halo adaptation on sh- is it Showtime? I think a Showtime. They, yeah. they are making a TV show. Yeah, bro. Yeah. But the ha- the Halo uh, miniseries was fantastic, dude. I like the, the miniseries. One, web, uh, yeah. no, that was the ser- Yeah, the one that led up to um, the next Halo game because they it Ooh, really that was fantastic, uh, dude. Spartan Locke. And there was that. Um, there's animated shorts that um, came out on Netflix too. It was like a bunch of Halo animated shorts. They were pretty cool. That was good too. Yeah. But again, like it's never been like Master Chief on the silver screen. That is, you're right. Well, there, the master in, in the end of that little uh, Halo miniseries, it uh, it, it was like uh, you got a taste of it. You got you got a little taste at the end of it. The right, they they tease rescuing the kids. Master Chief. Right, it, they, yeah. for those of you who, who haven't watched it, it's it's like a, a school where they're learning uh, to, you military know, the kids academy. are there. They're military academy. Thank you, and and uh, one of the kids' brothers uh, was out actually on the field. You know, what I'm saying, yeah, he was an ODST. Right, so. The, you know, long story short, they 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 find some videos uh, that's supposed to be top secret, and you see a glimpse of what might be. Uh, well, all gamers know it's freaking Master Chief with fighting fighting the baddies. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it looked really cool the way the way they they were pumping up Master Chief, and they did have Master Chief at the end, and he was there, and he was pretty freaking cool. You know, uh, and so they can do it. They can totally do it. You know, so the, I think the one thing that's interesting with this whole Sony thing is, is, is they are developing their own studio and they, they ad- openly admit they're trying to copy the Marvel, uh, the, the, the Marvel model, which is have their own studio and they can try and control, uh, their own ip you know their intellectual properties uh well, so I mean, yes they're gonna go and outstanding job yeah marvel marvel is the model yeah they did they they did a fantastic job they did the best job so anybody that has a whole bunch of ip you know uh sony sega's out there trying to make movies nintendo's over there making freaking movies you know what i'm saying let's not, let's not talk about sonic let's, let's not <laughs> well sonic. Yeah, look they the sonic Buddha and I had a freaking knockdown drag out on Sonic, <laughs> but they Paul they they delayed the movie. They're remodeling the, uh, well, you know, they remodeling the 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 models of Sonic. Of Sonic. 
Yeah, so movies, uh, it's pushed back, I think, to February 2020. I think I think it's uh, Valentine's Day 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to take that long Maybe to put gloves on him. <laughs> oh, he needed a lot more than gloves, dude. Yeah, he needed he a lot needed more than gloves. <laughs> There's actually something I shared to Instagram um, maybe a week or two ago. It was um, a fan rendition of how they think Sonic should look in the movie versus how he actually looks in the movie, and it looks so much better. Like, I just really hope they take pointers or, like, listen to I their fans. They, they totally will. They totally will. Other, see, and that's one thing when I was talking with Buddha, I was saying, like, to me, it's a step in the right direction. A lot of times you see these people said, hey, you fans, you don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're, 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 you're probably, uh, you know, you're just being trolls. You don't know anything. Uh, so... Uh, instead what they did was hey okay we hear you we're gonna make changes right and and that's kind of refreshing at least to me to see to see people move forward and be like hey we're not going to attack the fandom we're going to try and and listen you know and to to try and make a better movie that made for the fans to enjoy so i think that's great you know like the old the main thing when I heard about Sony putting out their studio thing is like, huh, maybe I'll get a Metal Gear Solid, you know, movie, which can be done and it could be done very well. But again, like, I don't know if Sony actually owns that IP or if that's still a uh, Oh, I Kojima think they own it. Studio. <clears throat> they own it. They own it. Um, but I would love to see I want to see Solid. the freaking zombies, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Last of Us, man. Bring that's that. A that's, gonna, that, that's a no-brainer. Uh, what do they call those? The clickers? Yeah. The, yeah, I need to play that game. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a, was it a point and click adventure game, kind of? What, Last of Us? No, 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 uh, but like, uh, the type of game that it's called. Oh, I mean, that's an adventure game, dude. It's just, yeah, well, uh, for me, it's more like, um, when I played, um, what was it, L.A. Noir, where it's like more of like an interactive movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. You mean like a walking simulator? Um, Almost. It's not feel PUBG is most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after they put in the auto run, it's just literally point him in the right direction and he goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when you but take anyway, your, we'll see. your quick. I mean, breaks. it'll be it'll probably be years before we get anything out of this yeah. studio. So, oh yeah, yeah don't oh, hold yeah. your breath for them. Yeah, and we'll have more to talk about in two years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so last one I got on my list uh, was a really nice post put out by uh, the one and only Phil Spencer himself, the the head of Xbox at Microsoft. And it's super long, uh, so I'm not going to read it here on, uh, on, on a podcast. But basically what he's saying is that uh, Microsoft is committing to uh, basically two basic tenets, that gaming is for everyone and no one should feel uh, like they're excluded from it, and that gaming should be a, a place that, that you can feel safe. And so uh, he outlines a, a couple of different uh, initiatives that they're enacting at Microsoft to make sure that everyone is able to game, whether it be uh, the young or the old or the healthy or uh, the, the unable. Uh, they want to make it so that anyone who wants a game is capable of gaming. And then number two, they are going to be putting safeguards even more so than they have already in place uh, to make sure that anyone who does want to game on the Xbox platform or play games in general never has to feel like they're being attacked or harassed or uh, in danger in any way thanks to games. Uh, so a really, really good post, just a really good uh, uh, reinforcement of kind of kind of the philosophy that we've seen from Xbox over the last five or so years 
kind of in general. Uh, I think this was just a really cool way to put it into words and show people like we still believe in all these things and we're going to be working really hard to continue those initiatives. So it was very cool. What do what what are your thoughts there, uh, Chronic? Any any thoughts on on this one? Honestly, I just think it's again like just more steps in the right direction. Like, there's always been you know the parents say, oh you know you can't play have your kids play games all the time, which is true. You know you need to have other like, physical activity. You need to get them out there in the world. You know socialize. But like, I remember you know everyone, you know like my family, like my aunts and uncles, like oh video games are such a waste of time and. Like, it's really not like it's really a way for everyone to branch out in more ways than just their local communities, but all over the world and meet new people, make friendships. I mean, granted, you're always going to have your trolls and those toxic people you encounter, but I've had a far more positive experiences, you know, gaming with people online than the negative ones. And yeah, absolutely. I feel like that his message is that, you know, gaming is to unify everyone. and. I believe that's true. So I, I have I take issue with a couple of things here, with uh, with this. Hey, gaming is for everyone. Sure, yeah, that's 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 fine. You know, I agree with that. You know, uh, and I, but my problem though, my problem, if you if you all step back a couple steps backwards, when we when Microsoft changed their um their TOS their terms of service right i was like okay this this sounds all well and good but my concern is when is when they uh step out to try and enforce these if it, it, it's very easy for for this now you know whoever is is going to be the the uh holders of morality to to overstep Right. So that's still my concern. That's still my concern, even more so now. Right. So he's saying, hey, yeah, gaming is for everybody. Sure. And gaming is important and people people have, you know, human interactions or whatnot. But then they go in and say, OK, well, we have to be the quote unquote defenders of joy. Right. So our Xbox safety team is nicknamed the defenders of joy. And they calls for the the industry to to step in. As well, but. My concern with all with all this is that yeah, you can't control all human interaction. You just can't. You know what I'm saying? Like what they should do is part of what they said is to to uh, allow the tools for us to do our, uh, control our own experiences, right? And yes, they said they're going to expand on that, and that's all well and good. And that is the that is where their job ends but that is not what they're saying they're saying that that yeah not only are we going to create tools for you to create you know to control your own selves or you protect yourselves but we're going to go out there and and make sure to try and protect you as as well because this all gaming has to be safe and i disagree with that i don't i don't a i don't think it's possible i don't think it's realistic you know, and then to to make the call for all gaming, he says, yeah, it's gonna be like you know. He makes another reference to like books and music and all that. Yeah, it's an artistic expression. So, and since when was all artistic expression safe? Freaking, you know, what I'm saying, 
all, 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 all padded just in case you run into a corner so you won't feel it. I, I think, I think it's a bunch of balagnas. I think, right? And, and to me, to me, I'm like, yeah, I see what you're saying, and there's a lot of fluff there, and there's a lot of nice words there, and most people are going to agree with all that, but all I see is overstepping, right? <laughs> Controlling all human interactions, which you can't, you know? So uh, I, don't know. I mean, man, I think I feel I feel like I threw you a positivity positivity softball, and you just kind of slapped it down. I think I think I think he has he just really sweet. great intentions here. And if if your first reaction to this is is he's going to take all these good intentions and poop on anyone who's trying to have fun and use it against me as a player, then I, I think you're coming at this from the wrong direction, man. I think he's. I think he's trying to say that we're making games accessible when they've already done that through the uh, yeah, creation of good. their accessibility controller. So anyone can play the games, and anyone can feel safe playing the games. And my first reaction to that, or my first like understanding of what he's saying, and uh, this is where I think you're falling a little off track. He's not saying I need to go after. Or I need. I need my people to respond to every little complaint that everyone has so that if Manny gets a complaint against him from a nine-year-old, now Manny's going to get in trouble. I think he's saying that, you know, people who are, are, are normally of groups that, that get harassed can feel like they're not coming to a dangerous place, whether it's women games, whether it's LGBT, like these are, these are groups of people that normally experience a much greater degree of, of harassment than, than most males in the gaming community. And so he wants to reinforce the fact that that there are tools being put in place, whether it be uh, uh, people watching chat or or people watching complaints, that like there will be there there will be action when that kind of stuff comes up, not like oh well he team killed me and now I'm mad so I'm going to report him and man he's not going to be able to play Xbox anymore like sweep that under the rug. That's not what this is about. This is this is about safety. This is about. Uh, talking to parents and letting them know that their children have a safe place on 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 Xbox. Uh, this is about you know giving people who are in charge of kids or teens the the comfort of knowing that Xbox is going to be a place of of safety and a positivity and of togetherness more so than a place of ridicule that I guess quote unquote gamers have have become more portrayed as over the last five ten years. Yeah, but it's my it's my position that it's not their place to do that. It's not it's not their place. Like, give us the tools, and that's great, right? That is where their job ends. Their job, their job as is the owners not, of the platform. I I don't agree with that. I mean, this isn't, they this give, isn't the give government us, coming to your house. This is a product. They create the terms of service and whatnot, and that's fine. But then when they go. I, I just I to me I, I just see this as a, as a big old red flag. I don't think they're in the position or not the position. I don't think it should be their job to oversee every interaction. I just don't see that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, allow allow individuals like, to control for, themselves. If you, parental if you think controls. For a second that that you calling out to your buddy saying, "Hey, come play siege with me," is going to be reviewed by someone in a hole somewhere. It's not like they're only reviewing things to get reported, and I don't think that's entirely different from the way things are done now. Oh no, man! And it's already problematic. Big, big brother's always watching. <laughs> it's yeah. already big problematic. Watching. Man, you you watching. and your tinfoil hat, man. I think you need to just calm <laughs> way down because you you are a law-abiding citizen who doesn't give people shit, and you're not mean or rude or or ridiculing or harassing of anybody. 
Like there's, there's nothing here for you to worry about at all. And if, if, if it is truly something that is fundamentally against your standards of beliefs, then, then that's the, it's, that's the, that's the platform's decision to make. It's not like a government overreach issue. It's not, you know, the man, it is, it is Xbox looking out for Xbox. It is Microsoft looking out for Microsoft and that's with entirely within their rights. It, it is, it is, it is definitely within, within their right. And I see what they're saying. Right. Uh, but I also, I don't think it's, it's their, I, I don't think it should be their position to try to control the interactions between, between people and whatnot. I just don't think that's necessarily to me when I read, the, when I see this, that's what I see. You know what I'm saying? I see a lot of fluff, right? I see a lot of fluff, a lot of, you know, happy, happy jargon. But I'm really sorry to hear that. <laughs> but in the end, yeah. Just how to end this on a really, really, you know, sour note there. No, it's not sour. I just, you know, I love you, Phil. That was I just pretty sour, you. man. I don't trust you, bro. Uh, I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be fair, Chronic, this is pretty on brand for Manning, so I'm not entirely shocked <laughs> that he's looking over his shoulder on the Xbox platform. But. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so what we do, we do, there was another story that was really interesting and we definitely have uh, some time to, to, to dabble in on it. Uh, did you want to go ahead and, uh, and, and lay that one up for us there? Uh, yeah, I mean, we can uh, talk about it for a little bit. Um, I'm going to like, we're going to post this link into, uh, the notes for this podcast, everyone. And if you made it this far, uh, I definitely recommend you go over to our website, uh, and check out the notes here. So you can go into, uh, the, the, the note that we, that Manny left for us is uh, shady numbers and bad business inside the esports bubble. Uh, and it's a Kotaku story that, uh, was published, uh, right at the end of the day, uh, yesterday on Thursday. And basically it's, it is a behemoth of a story, uh, like 8,000 words long. And, and even, even though I had an extra day to read it, I didn't get all the way through till the end, but I pulled some notes from it, uh, that I think are, are, are pretty interesting. Um, we're pushing towards the end of the podcast now, so I don't want to dive in super duper deep, but basically, um, it's Cecilia, uh, Dan, Dan Anastasio. Is that how you, Dan Anastasio? Is that how you say her name? She's the one who broke. Uh, all the story for Riot Games and the bro culture that uh, many women have experienced over there. So uh, she's definitely a, a big time uh, a writer over at Kotaku. So this was some, something I jumped on very quickly to try and kind of get a feel for what she was going for. Uh, and I pulled uh, the gist of it, which basically was saying that we talked earlier about Tifu and the, the volume of cash that he was making and how that's not particularly unique, especially when it comes to the world of Fortnite and esports. And players are making upwards of a hundred to two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars a year doing esports, whether it's on stream or or in competitions or what have you. There's so much money going in, uh, not just to the players, but also from sponsors. You know, doing uh, ten to fifty million dollar deals to be a part of this. And what the story is going into and spends a lot of time giving lots of detail from from people who are on both sides of this is that this is a bubble that could potentially pop. And what I mean by that is people are just throwing cash at esports right now, millions of dollars on deals. But is that money being made back? Is there like does does esports have an ROI right now? Uh, and so 
it, it, she talks to people who are in charge of creating the promotional deals, the people who are in charge of paying players. She talks to players themselves. And uh, it's just a super interesting look into how you know money is generated and where the money is going. And uh, one really important point that's made throughout is that we've heard a lot of data about the viewership of esports and viewership is really important when deals are made because you can actually put a price on advertising by the view right so so um you know paid a price per impression or or price per view is 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 something that uh, exists in the business world and so if you say like oh well the league of legends championships currently has you know 3 million people watching it right now you're going to pay me a tenth of a penny for every one of those um, and you know, those prices get really high really quick. But what happens when those reported numbers are wildly wrong and, and maybe significantly less people are watching esports than we expect because the definition of a view from esports is different than the de definition of a view for something like the Super Bowl. Uh, the comparison that they make is to Nielsen ratings. Uh, Nielsen is the company that gathers viewership data for pretty much everything on TV ever. And in order for a view to count as a view on uh, Nielsen, it requires about six minutes of view time. You have to be on the channel and watching for about six minutes. Uh, but if you, to count as a view on Twitch, the the feed has to appear on your homepage for a half of a second. You like you like that, that thing has to be shown to you for a flash and you now count as a view. And so maybe views aren't really views. And so there's definitely a discrepancy between the prices that are being set for impressions on something like a League of Legends competition versus the actual value that's coming out of it. And when those start to build up over a period of time, when those investments uh, are getting towards the end of their life over the next five or 10 years, people who put in all that money are going to be expecting to have seen a return for some of that money to the degree of which they paid, you know, for a number of views and uh, number of views most of the time translates to a very definable amount of sales back. Uh, and when they don't see those, there's going to be a real you know, dishevelment. Uh, and and, and esports is going to get a huge shakeup here at some point, uh, aka the bubble will burst. So anyway, huge story. Lots and lots of words. Uh, definitely recommend you go and read as much of it as possible because uh, it's super duper interesting, especially for anyone who's interested in going into esports or being a player or being a part of that world. Uh, these are these are th this pertains to you. So go check it out. Kotaku, aka thehardcorecasuals.com slash podcast. Huge thing. Oh, baby, I. I I, I think this is I, I personally think that there is a bubble that's that will burst. You know what I'm saying? On this whole thing. I've thought the exact same thing for a long time. For it's a like, long time. Well, right, okay, ahead, so ahead. example example a company like Corsair. Uh Corsair is a, a maker of PCs and they and they sponsor a team in one of these professional leagues and it costs them like twenty million dollars to have their name posted uh, everywhere and be a part of this this tournament. But that means at some point over the next five years, they expect to make $20 million worth of computers back because of this investment. And when they're selling computers at, you know, $1,000 a piece, that means that they expect to sell, uh, what, 20,000 computers as a result of impressions that were garnered from this single event. And this is one event that takes place one time, right? So... 
that can't happen. <laughs> the, the numbers don't support that. Uh, and this is the same for every different accessory and brand that is sponsoring these, these competitions. And I just don't see where that money is going because I don't see money being generated to that degree because generally people that are watching esports are watching on Twitch and they're watching for free and the money that they right. spend is in the game that they are watching. Right. So if a league player is watching a league championship, he's going to go play league and he's going to spend his money buying skins in league. And I mean, yes, maybe some of them will see it and they'll see Corsair and they'll, you know, the next computer that they buy to play league on will be a Corsair computer and there will be some, but I just do not see the numbers being there. That does not, esports right now do not strike me as the investment opportunity that I think we're currently seeing. I, th I think that like long term, you know, absolutely. But just it's the same thing as the friggin' internet bubble, man. Remember, remember that? I mean, dot I'm, com. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. The dot com bubble, right? So people were like, everybody's like, oh, the internet's the new thing. Oh, and I'm 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 totally dating myself now, right? But uh, they're like, internet's <laughs> the new hotness, right? <laughs> uh, we have to have internet presence. Uh, so everybody out there was was like all the dot coms all these dot com businesses and there were, everybody was was flooding money into these because the you know this is you have to have the internet it's the hotness but a lot of companies were not making money you know even at the time barely barely amazon was barely making money at the time you know what i'm saying but they had the most uh sustainable business model and of course there was a crash where where there was lots of people that claiming they were going to make all kinds of money but they just at the end they just couldn't and that's when the crash happens and then and then you have the people actually rise up and people figure out what to do in this you know in this new era of business it, it happens all the time we are we're getting ready for another one right here you know and when you read some of this stuff is freaking crazy <laughs> you know like as an example or it's a huge article but uh, there was somewhere somewhere in these in this sea of words it said uh like 10 years ago uh league of legends tournament one you know the pool was like a thousand dollars right now it's like like 20 plus million dollars right o over 10 years that's a huge and a huge increase right and yeah huge yeah like it's 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 on more people's radars or whatnot, but the amount of it's not cheap to run what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like the uh, getting the stadium, getting all the equipment and all this stuff. Yeah, they're spending millions and millions of dollars and all this stuff. And then it comes down to exactly what you were saying, Ty. Like a view is not necessarily a view, and these people. Who are watching these a lot most of them are just gonna be spending more money into the game itself. Long term, you know, when the, the these kids are, are and we'll we'll just venture to say that most people that watch are younger, right? And they say, Oh well, if I get a gaming PC and they're looking at all these streamers, they want to get the things that these streamers have. And that long term, sure, you know, it's it's an impression. But I think it's it's more than the esports. It's just the streamers themselves, you know, and that that continued impression again and again. That's what's going to more valuable than a quick 
blip on on esports. Me personally, I think I think investing in a streamer is much more valuable. <laughs> you know, I mean, in the short term, yeah. And uh, there are a couple of people I follow on social media that work for you know, companies that do agency support for streamers and they give, you know, really good data and insight into, into how to do that effectively. And I think, I think that streamer marketing for games can be very effective. Just ask apex legends. Yeah. Freaking apex textbook. It will <laughs> be anyway. It will be At beginning and the it end. It will be. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's all the time we got for talking about this today. Please, please, please go read that. Learn more. Be a part of the conversation because I'm sure we'll hear more about this uh, article as we uh, move forward as well. Uh, because it's super interesting and it applies to many thousands of people who are in this industry and could potentially have some very serious ramifications for future investors. So who knows? Word. Absolutely. Thank you so Word. much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, actually, you know what? Um, before we, we, we jump on in, Chronic, uh, where could we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as Mixer.com slash Chronic Crusader, all one word. It should be the same for all of them. And you can catch me. My schedule is Monday through Friday, 5 to 10, Saturday and Sunday, 3 to 11. 5 to 10 Eastern. Yes, Eastern. For time. those of you that were wondering, uh, you could also check slash podcast. Check the notes. We're going to have all of his links right there. Really easy for you to go ahead and uh, and peruse at your leisure. Uh, Chronic Crusader, thank you so much for stopping stopping by. Uh, we really, really uh, love having you on. We really appreciate you so much. Um, awesome. Let no me. Problem, uh, man. I love being here. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Well, and it's not going to be the last uh, time we hear from you. That's that's uh, that's for certain. Um, we don't have the time. I think I think we're going to just uh, just wait for Buddha to hear ab- about the deals next week. <laughs> Buddha, go check out Game Pass. It's real good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is really good, right? All right. Uh, <laughs> it's a shocking turn of events. The hardcore casuals <laughs> praise the Game Pass. I know. I know. Um, alrighty. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Go ahead and check out that website. Don't forget we have we have a Patreon, that's a thing. And on that note, see you next week. Have a good night, everyone. Later.